You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. So, uh, this week's episode is more than meets the eye. <laughs> and we'll get into that and reason for that in a minute. But what are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, so this week we've got the Henry Clay Rebellious Warhawk. Yeah, Warhawk. I mean, this sounds like a badass name for a cigar. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it was one of the names that I was like... It needs to be a transformer named Warhawk. <laughs> there probably is. If you just go to the Hasbro and search, there's probably a fucking it's it's probably a uh, a fucking Apache helicopter or something. <laughs> yeah. So this week we're talking about the new Netflix anime series Transformers: War for Cybertron Siege. First in a trilogy of Transformer animes that they're that uh, Netflix is doing. So yeah, Warhawk sounded like it would be some random Transformer name, so we're like, that's a that's a good cigar to go with this week. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this Warhawk is going to be a, uh, I'm going to say medium, um, and it's got a, uh, hell, I don't remember what a it's Bono got. A Seed wrapper over a Nicaraguan binder and Nicaraguan fillers. That's it. That's exactly what it consists of. And they say it has a complex, medium-body Nicaraguan blend that complements the original Warhawk and provides smokers with a unique Nicaraguan experience. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, uh, you know, A.J. Fernandez uh, dabbing his hand to bring us a little Nicaraguan goodness. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, as cliche as it sounds, everything that he puts his hands on, though, typically I become a fan of. Yeah, it's like, I have not had a bad AJ cigar, even like, and as we say, it's like, the dude's like a mercenary, he's like, you know, has his own brand, but then anyone who's like, hey, we want something interesting and new, let's go have AJ make it. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's feel like half the cigars we review, once we start like Googling the makeup of it, it's like, made by AJ Fernandez. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially if it originates, you know, typically in um, the Nicaraguan region. I feel like Nicaragua is currently the the hotness when it comes to tobacco. It seems like every because you know tobacco is it's kind of like wine. Each you know the things made in Spain taste different than things made in France. So like tobacco, like depending on where it's grown, there's unique soil and unique weather patterns. So I remember like some years it seemed like Dominican cigars were the big rage, and then some years of the Honduran cigars, and like I said, the last I think it's years, anywhere that doesn't get decimated by like a hurricane or a typhoon or something. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like the, the last couple years, Nicaraguan has been the, the go-to place for premium tobacco. But I, I don't know. I mean, you know, one of the cool things about it is, you know, there's a lot of variety, because, I mean, not only do you have... You know, the warm, humid, you know, kind of clayish soils, but then you have a lot of the volcanic regions and stuff where, you know, they grow and produce. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it just seems to have a lot of variety. And I like variety. <laughs> it is the spice of life, they say. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like you know, it's like anything, but like tobacco, kind of like wine. It's a a living product, so it's like there's so many things that can affect the flavor. So is my uh, the, cigar screaming of... because I've now burned it alive? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was already like you know killed and dried and aged, probably. Probably. I don't know. This sounds like a bad horror movie intro. <laughs> It's only August. We gotta wait till October before we make our bad horror movie intros, <laughs> dude. The twenty 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 is a bad horror movie. Okay, like yeah, <laughs> anything goes this year. I saw a new shirt that it uh, said twenty twenty, and it had like the the star rating system, and it was like one star cannot recommend. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I see, saw something of that. Oh. So yeah, as I said, we're talking about Transformers War for Cybertron. Not to be confused with the video game of the same name. Or the toy line of no. the same name. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the the first first one, Siege, uh, just released on Netflix. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. And if you have to fight Decepticons uh, to, to win back your, your planet, call in the Strike Force, StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. And they come in tiny little tin pouches you can store with your Energon. Time to jump on that sky bridge and blast off to Cybertron. Yeah. I gotta say, I went on Netflix, right? In preparation to be like, oh, if we're gonna talk about War for Cybertron, I probably need to watch War for Cybertron. <laughs> Let me tell you, I made it about three episodes through War of Cybertron, and, you know, I was like, ah, I need to eat dinner or something, and came back to Netflix and just, you know continue watching or you know some shit popped up with transformers so i just hit play and i was like where did the humans come in and i was like holy shit now there's like 20 episodes i realized i started uh, to watch transformers prime which was also <laughs> really good i haven't watched that one yet i may have to uh <laughs> sit down and watch that one next i think it was like the last one that was actually on uh tv at some point like, now I'm Googling, uh, hey, they had three seasons. <laughs> 65 episodes, all right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, one, that one would have taken a lot longer to go through. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, it was interesting. Um, had similar animation styles, but at the same time, like, there was um, a bit more human involvement with Prime than what we just saw with uh, um, War for Cybertron. Yeah, that was one of the things, like, one of the, in the... 
there's there was always like freaking humans uh, in like the original like Gen One like eighties Transformers cartoon, and even in the I believe we talked about the uh, the Transformers movie, but some of the later TV versions of Transformers like I could not watch because it was like, all right now the Transformers are having this big war with the Decepticons, but they have to have this like four or five little fucking kids running around. For, like, no reason whatsoever. And, you know, I, so you might have a gripe with Prime because it's got a little bit of that in it. But at the same time, like, the kids almost seem like they they sort of have a purpose, you know, <laughs> where they have a unique set of skills as kids. At that... least they have a reason. I forgot what which version I tried to watch one time, and it was like, there was just kids for no reason. Because back in the day, the humans that... We're helping the Transformers, Spike and his dad, I think. They were mechanics. They had a reason to be there. They're like, oh, these guys know how to work on vehicles. We were, like, kind of vehicles. so <laughs> We can transform into vehicles. Yeah, so we need some, like, tech guys with us, or at least to be our, like, human guides on Earth. But <laughs> Be like, you got some WD-40, my knee's aching. <laughs> but there was, like, a grown-ass man and his, like, you know, late teens, maybe early 20s son. It wasn't, like, you know, 10-year-old Timmy that's going to, like, ride his bike to... Transformers Timmy. HQ. <laughs> uh, yeah, me grappling about kids shows having kids in them. I mean... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How dare you? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that was kind of the, the cool thing with Cybertron is a little bit darker. Um, probably, I mean, yeah, it's animated. still going to appeal kids from that aspect, but the, the overall theme and everything else, um, you know, wasn't very... It wasn't as lighthearted as some of the other Transformers stuff. I mean, there's always been turmoil and struggle, but yeah, this one looked like it was legit this one was made just for grim. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah, this is supposed to be part of a trilogy of, I guess you call it films, because but instead of releasing them as a film, they break them up into six thirty-minute-ish episodes. And I mean, and, it did say you know seasons two and three coming. Yeah, uh, there's no release date on season two. Uh, we're kind Hell, of... we almost didn't have a release date on this season. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, kind of t- every, like everything else has been delayed and delayed. I think they started this back in 2018 is when they announced that it was going to happen. I think it was originally scheduled to come out in June. Then they pushed it to July 30th. And now your friendly cigar nerds have watched it. And um, we're here to give you our thoughts. Yeah, so chapter one, Siege. And it some of the cool things about it is it looked like Gen 1 80s Transformers. It was like the designs I recognized. I mean, it was a throwback from, to the original Hasbro toys. Yeah. And it almost felt like, because this one takes place entirely on Cybertron, where the 80s cartoon series we all grew up in started off with them kind of fleeing Cybertron and crash landing on Earth. And this felt like a prequel to the original series. And that was the thing, is I had to... That that explains the lack of human involvement, though, because here we are, we're all focused on Cybertron. We haven't quite, you know, quite fled the, um, the planet yet, so there we go. And that was the thing, too. It, it kind of covered at least the... End, well, not really the end, but the the later era of the Autobot Decepticon War. 
that you never realized how... That's why, like I said, it treated it very seriously. I mean, there was people, or bots, you know, dying and giving them kind of emotional <laughs> exits. <laughs> this is like, you know... Well, I mean, I think you... And if you remember, you... like, the, the original Transformers movie, when we talked about that, that, like, the death of Optimus Prime, that was, like, fucking, like, scarred us as children. <laughs> Well, so I mean, they've always been willing to go there, but yeah, this one's definitely like felt like it was writ for a adult audience. Well, you've got Prime, who at this point might as well be a general. You know, I mean, I don't think as a general you lose a soldier and not fill that. And you know, I think it did a really good job just showing. That conflict and actually, like, hey, here's four really popular robots that everybody's going to love and we're just going to bank, you know, success on, you know, people enjoying watching these robots in action. Whereas here, like, lesser known Transformers are just, you know, folks that were, are Transformers that were, hey, you're just part of the war, but you don't really have a name or a big place. Like, you were, you still felt, you know, that connection and it was like oh shit like that and like like i said this one kind of feels like a prequel the introduction to bumblebee who has always been like one of prime's like right hand man in all the series and especially in the movies yeah it was really cool just seeing him hey you're just a geek off the street and he's like a fucking scavenger you know loyalty or affiliation um he's like i don't want to have anything to do with your war i'm not a you know yeah I'm not a, a hero. I'm just a I'm just a scrap trader. Is gonna yeah, helping you scout Energon. I don't necessarily like what's going going on, but yeah, I don't want to get involved. Not my <laughs> y'all are gonna get not yourselves my cup killed. Of tea. Yeah, he's like he's like yeah, we're we're all trying to fight to survive. He's like no, y'all are trying to y'all are fighting to win, and that's gonna get all you killed because like you know there's no winning this war. Like it, yeah, it's like it the kind of internal conflict in the group was an interesting thing that I've not seen in like Transformers where it's they've been in a long war from the way they explain it is I guess they was the things that became Decepticons were almost the the lower class of robots that were that worked in the mines and in the industry and they felt like they were slaves and they rose up but freedom wasn't good enough then Megatron wanted to rule and destroy anyone who he thought was you know part of that you know I guess elitist class of robots that they say was the Autobots and you know and Prime and his Autobots are like yeah we agree with you that you know all Transformers should be free but now you're wanting to turn into robot Hitler and and rule with a fucking iron fist and and Enslave the planet like you just fought to free it. Yeah, it was never about freedom. It was all about control. Yeah. And you know, and you saw that that interplay between Prime, Megatron, and uh, Ultra Magnus, which at one point they all fought together. You know, and they and he's like, you know, hey, remember this battle? Like I saved your ass in this battle. You know, they so there's like. You know, in the cartoon series, it was always Megatron's this evil dude, and and he just wants to to destroy us all. But like they have that thing where he's like, 
man, we used to be brothers and shit, and you just kind of went to the dark side. Almost like a Obi-Wan Anakin relationship, like, you know? <laughs> I thought it was really interesting uh, that you bring Obi-Wan and Anakin up, because for me... It was really interesting watching this and comparing Prime to Thanos. <laughs> Think about oh, yeah. it. Well, I mean, so I bring up that analogy because, you know, Prime is basically willing to be like, hey, I'm, I'm not looking to just stop you. You know, if this means destroying everything, we will destroy everything, you know, when they go to take the all spark and everything of that nature. So... I, I kept it was very interesting, you know, where Yeah, it was kinda of, it was kinda of, you didn't Megatron's methods were not good, but there's a certain point where you're like, Who is the bad guys here? Because Megatron's plan is like, alright uh was it uh not sound wave, but shockwave is like, Hey, I got this plan because basically we're all machines, the AllSpark, who gave us all life, if we can get that, we can basically wipe all the Autobot programming and make them all Decepticons. And, you know, Prime's like, I can't let that, I can't let them enslave us. I'm going to take the AllSpark off planet, but legend has it that the AllSpark also gives the planet life, so if I take it off the planet, there's a chance it may destroy the planet. So it's like, even Megatron's like, Bro, like what you're trying to do is even gonna worse kill than us what all, I'm like... trying to do. So it's like, it's like I, but so I mean, like, you know, the, uh, I mean, it, an interesting cliche of the snap, you know, because uh, yeah, you know, doesn't matter. Autobot, Decepticon, you know, if the Decepticons take over, like it doesn't stop with Cybertron, it continues until whatever they take over yeah. the whole fucking galaxy. So, you know. W- what if extinction is the only means to an end? Yeah, because it's like, you know, this may destroy the planet, but it gives us a chance to live and be free if we can leave the planet. Because, <laughs> like, their options is either we surrender and live as slaves to the Decepticons, or we let the Decepticons basically commit robo genocide and wipe out autobots completely so it's like it's like well you know at least this message we may fuck us all but at least we'll die free i guess <laughs> love free die hard you know yeah and as like i said yeah they they played the conflict in megatron because so, megatron has always just been random evil guy where this one it's like he's like i want to end the war you know, and if I have to kill all of you or wipe your memories, that's what's going to happen to end this war. And when like, you know, and you know, and then him arguing from like, no, you're going to kill us all, dude. Like you're, what you're trying to do is worse than what I'm trying to do. So it was kind of, it, and even like the beginning of it too, when, when, uh, shockwave presents the plan and he's like, eh, that's, that's, you know, that's a little little much. And even like uh whatever Jetfire is like, that's not an honorable you know, honorable means. So he's like once he captures our Ultra Magnus tries to surrender to him because he thinks he can talk sense into him. 
you know, when he's, you know, he's again trying to like, all right, just tell me where the Autobots are so I can finish them off and end this war. And when he won't do it, then he finally like, all right, fucking fuck it. Let's go with the, uh, all spark plan and wipe everybody out. And then, you know, and then when they find the virus and they're like, we found this virus that will shut down all their defenses, but it's probably going to wreak havoc on the planet. You know, but it's like the little steps of evil. Cause at first like, ah, that may be a little far. And he's like, all right, fuck it. Let's do the all star, all spark plan. And they're like, Hey, we got this virus that's going to kill a bunch of people. Fuck it. Let's do that too. It just like he's the progression of evil, like... darker and darker where you never, you've always just seen him at his darkest. You've never seen it that he at once was a good dude and originally had a kind of a righteous plan in the beginning and it just like power corrupts and <laughs> ultimate power. You know what they say, dude, ultimately. the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, him even saying to the Decepticons, you know, to all or one, which is fucking Prime's line from you know, it's like it's like he's like literally the dark version of Prime. Art mm. becomes that <laughs> by the, the end of it. Yeah. It was a very cool progression that happened very quickly. Like, I mean, these are these are only twenty minute episodes, so I mean, like, there's there's a lot of shit to chew on for that twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's like I had to watch it. Like, I watched it the first time over a couple of days, and then I last night I fired up a cigar and just burned through the whole series again just to refresh my memory. And it was like, yeah, it's like watching it a second time, having a, kind of a chance to unpack it all. It's like. This shit's pretty deep for a fucking Transformers anime. <laughs> but I don't... I... You know, a show originally made just to sell toys. I mean, all this stuff back from the 80s was basically marketing for Hasbro. I mean, it was all G.I. Joe, Transformers, He-Man. Like, they but... just made cartoons to sell toys. <laughs> and sometimes it didn't matter, like, we need new characters, we need to sell more toys. Where it's evolved into something where, like... Oh, this is fairly well written and <laughs> well produced by uh, you know, Rooster Teeth too, which is a you know company that we've probably all heard of at this point. You know that this this made a lot of cool Who? animated stuff. Rooster Teeth. Who? Yeah, those guys. Okay. <laughs> Never heard of them. Google them. They've they've made a lot of stuff you've seen probably. <laughs> They're just one of those. Like, <laughs> they were big on YouTube back in the day, and then became like a legitimate uh, studio. <laughs> Kind of like Adult Swim. <laughs> I think Red Red versus Blue, like those like Halo. The Halo anime. stuff? Yeah, that was like Rooster Teeth back in the day. I know. I might just be talking a lot of smack. You never know about me. <laughs> Filler content. Wait, what is that band with uh, with the guy from Van Halen? Oh, no, that was uh, that was uh, Rooster something. I don't think it was Rooster Teeth. <laughs> Rooster Foot, maybe. I don't know. There was a weird band that was like ex-members of Van Halen back in the day. Been watching a lot of rock docs lately. <laughs> I mean, not there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, you know. Given the current era of a pandemic, music is going to be the one thing that's going to pull us through. Yeah, man, I've 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 run the. <laughs> I saw a meme secretly. The, other day. the pandemic has released everybody's inner geek. <laughs> like I saw a meme the other day. It was like, "Congratulations, you've reached the end of Netflix." I'm like, "Bro, I, I kind of feel this." <laughs> There, I think I'm getting there. There is no end. <laughs> uh, I mean, think of all the foreign flicks and everything that you still haven't watched. Yeah, get one of those VPNs so you can get like the foreign Netflix that has movies that we don't have. Maybe that needs to be a topic one day. <laughs> Weird Russian movies. I <laughs> do a Bollywood episode. 
it's funny you kind of brought up Russian. I saw a funny meme, and it was like, hey, I got the Russian COVID vaccine. So far, no side effects. And, like, the English eventually trails off into just straight Russian. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one, too, and it was like, we got the Russian vaccine. And it was literally like a, a, a syringe of absolute vodka or something. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> no. comrade. <laughs> Need more potatoes. You say potato, I say potato. Dude, I used to get some good potato vodka. I think it was called Lusanka or something like that. I mean... Back when I used to drink screwdrivers. <laughs> I don't know. Potato vodka. So cool. Episode two? Yeah, there's a... There should be a Russian Transformer in the next one. He would like... That turns into like an AK forty seven, and be like Kalishna bot. <laughs> I just think it's kind of interesting. Like you would, you... all right. So you're probably well versed on Transformer history more than I. Who decides that? Hey, I'm gonna be a Mack truck. Hey, <laughs> I'm gonna be a motorcycle. Like what determines? Are you just born a certain thing? And that that was one thing, too, It was kind of weird about this, is if you remember back in... Back in the day, <laughs> they didn't become, the, like, a Mack truck until they came to Earth. Like... Well, and I mean, I get it, like, for the, the ability to blend in and be covert, right? Yeah. So when but you originally saw you... them, they looked like alien cars. And then when they came to Earth, they kind of rebuilt into stuff that would blend into Earth objects. <laughs> but, I mean, we got some badass Earth objects that you could blend in as and be like, hey, I'm not just limited to ground travel. <laughs> it was like the Decepticons always, like, mostly were the flying robots, and then, like, the Transformers were all Well, that cars. was the thing, is I always <laughs> felt like, you know... You've got to use the high ground. And it's like, you never had the high ground because you're always stuck on the ground. With the exception of like one or two of you. That was the other thing that was kind of weird about this too. Was the, uh, you know, in, in this, like the Transformers are obviously losing the war that eventually caused them to flee to Earth. So like the Decepticons are like winning this war and the Transformers are kind of having to operate, our Autobots trying to operate as a, resistance movement almost but the the seekers which are like the hunters of the the decepticons which are all the flying robots when they transform they look like some kind of like space fighter they don't look like f-15s like they were once they came to yes. earth in the 80s but when they transformed into robot form they looked like the transformed uh freaking uh f-15s like they did in the original cartoon <laughs> so it's like your robot version looks nothing like your your bot ver your <laughs> transformed version right now. So that was that was a little bit a little bit trippy. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I just feel like I would want as a transformer a little bit more of a tactical advantage and edge. Yeah. But then again, I mean, I guess if that's the case, it's a little bit harder to root for the underdog. Well, then if you if you kind of look at the uh, transformer culture, I guess you'd call it the things that became Decepticons were the soldiers and the workhorses of their society. 
So it makes sense that they transform into tanks and jets and implements of war where the Autobots were kind of descendants of the civilian culture of the planet, if you will. So it kind of makes sense. They're, they're all race cars and, and just, you know, normal vehicles <laughs> versus tanks and planes and, and whatnot. They got boats. <laughs> I don't think, I don't, don't think I've ever seen a rope, a transformer boat. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I, Well, I there's no water on Cybertron. <laughs> it's an electronic planet. They they got pools of ergon or something, you know. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like we've never seen a transfer. It's like the first time I've thought about that. I've I mean, they've got a, a sea of boat. rust. Okay, they <laughs> needed a fucking boat to traverse a sea of rust. That's all I'm saying. Okay, that was the weirdest thing too. Is like when they the fucking zombie. Uh, yeah, they 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 find the they figure out a way to track down the AllSpark, and they're like, oh, it it appears randomly on the planet, and currently it's in the Sea of Rust, which is this wasteland area of the planet. But when they get to where the AllSpark is, there's basically Transformer zombies. <laughs> it's it's bots that have died and lost their sparks, and now they're in this like junkyard desert. But they they rise up and try to f- steal the spark from other bots so they can come back to life. And it's, they're, they're all covered in rust. It's like, and like pulling people's arms off. And I'm like, the fuck, man? This thing just turned just turned into Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> what the hell? You know, if uh, Transformers were to actually take place in modern society, it's going to take place at a pull apart. <laughs> like. When they said, we're going to the Sea of Rust, like, that's, that's the first thing that came to my mind was a pull-apart junkyard. Like, I'm down with that. Last time I went to a pull-apart junkyard, I got some really good tacos from a street truck. <laughs> some last, of the best state tacos last I've Last time had. I went, how is for a fucking door handle or something? <laughs> something that you'd be like, hey, this little $5 part will be easy to get off. And no, you're fucking half a day later still like... I can't get this little metal rod out of the frame of the door. Somebody get me a cutting torch. We'll just cut the yeah. bitch out. That's why you just always said, just fuck it. Bring the sawzall. Like, we're just going to cut off what we want and disassemble it later. Uh, it's like that learn. meme where it's like, regular wrench is like, please come off. Torque wrench, you know, or pry bar. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not asking anymore. And then finally at the end of it, it's just a blowtorch. Like, I'm not asking anymore. <laughs> So is that how you finally got your gun that may or may not have got lost in a boating accident assembled? Yeah, pretty much. I torqued it. Tor- torqued it? <laughs> What's fun is when you're trying to time a barrel nut. Because <laughs> when you screw it on, you've got to have uh, these screw holes line up perfectly so you can put your handguard in. And every time you torque it, it moves just a little too much. And you got to take the motherfucker off and then re-screw it and keep doing that about eight to ten times till you finally line it up perfectly. <laughs> you know, there's probably like a hitting notch or something that's like, start here and it'll thread and end where you know. Uh, no, they just give you like a fistful of wa- washers and they're like, keep adding washers till it lines up perfectly. <laughs> just like, you motherfucker. <laughs> one washer, two washer. Damn it, I need another washer! I Fuck, too many one. washers, I have to go back one. I needed like three and a half. <laughs> Out there sending it down to, you know. <laughs> Fuck it, we're just gluing it on. 
Oh. Yeah, and then we had uh, whatever Jetfire's arc, which was cool too. He was starts off as the leaders of the leader of the Seekers, uh, who are supposed to hunt down Autobots. But then he's he has that samurai feel to him. He has a cool laser sword that comes out of his arm, and he's like all about honor. And at a certain point, he's like Megatron has lost his honor when he wants to like basically commit genocide and rewrite all the Autobots. He's like, that's not an honorable victory. Like, I'm not going to let you just destroy an entire race of, of bots. You know, I was with you when it was all about freedom, but now I was, I was just... with you until you went full Hitler. Yeah. And he's like, Nope, I guess I'm going to become an Autobot now. I was surprised they allowed that to happen. So, you know, <laughs> and you got Starscream, who's <laughs> always kind of a dick. <laughs> And he, even he's kind of like, I don't know about this plan uh, Megatron's got, but for different reasons. He doesn't care that it's not an honorable uh, way to win a war. He's just kind of racist. And he's like, they're going to dilute our our uh, Decepticon-like you know lineage by bringing us all these fucking Autobots and trying to make them Decepticons? That's going to water down our, uh, <laughs> he was our race. He was always a bit too of a tryhard as well. <laughs> yeah. Where he was like... I did like that joke when, I mean, the sh- series starts with Bumblebee guiding uh, Wheeljack to a supposed Energon source, and they find this space bridge, but then the Seekers show up, and uh, Starscream is like, I mean, like, I'm going to execute them, and freaking uh, Jetfire chops his arm off, he's like, you don't do shit unless I tell you to do shit, motherfucker, <laughs> and he's like, if it was up to me, I would, you know, rip out your spark with my bare hand and will jack just points at his severed arm he's like you mean that hand <laughs> i'm like that's a fucking smart ass move right there i like that <laughs> better be a smart ass than a dumb ass <laughs> oh but yeah that that joke got me yeah it was kind of weird one thing was it was, it was also kind of weird about all this was the voice acting, because it's a brand new cast of voice actors. You know, we've always heard Prime, Megatron, Starscream, all the the big bots as the original 80s voices. Even when it got into the Michael Bay live action shit, they went back and got those original actors to reprise their roles. So Prime has always sounded like Prime. And, I mean, the guy that does Megatron, the guy that does Starscream sounded kind of close to the original. But yeah, it was just that just that slight deviation in voice work that was like, oh, this is just kind of slightly weird. It looks like OG Transformers. It just doesn't doesn't sound correct anymore. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, the voices were they weren't what I remembered, but I didn't really have any quips or, you know, qualms with them. You know, then again, like, I kept trying to, you know, keep the frame of mind that, hey, this is more anime-based, you know, Transformers, not to be confused with animated Transformers. So, you know, I I don't know. I think I was able to just keep things separated in my head that way without being, you know, too strung up on, man, that just doesn't sound the same. (laughs) 
Yeah, it was just, like I said, they, they did kind of a close enough job. It just didn't sound 100% like what I am have heard for the last 30 years. I mean, so. I will say that the fucking sound effects were on point, though, because, you know, there were several times where I'm like, God damn, did Michael Day do the sound effects in this shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, shit getting blown up. I and, mean, because I... You like know, the Rachel, fight scenes were pretty well. I like, mean, pretty good, like you know, battle scenes. So Rachel's you know fucking watching some chick flick drama shit on TV, whatever. So I'm sitting here watching, you know, on my phone with the headphones in, and you know, I'm like fucking seven point one surround sound headphones, you know, <laughs> bass enhancement and everything. I'm like, damn, fucking explosions sound better on the headphones than they do my surround sound system. <laughs> The other thing, too, that was, because this being kind of a, I guess, a prequel and a little more gritty, Prime, like, started off kind of a little, little like a bitch. I mean, he got his ass kicked pretty good that first round. But then again, watching it the second time, like, first time, like, Prime shows up to rescue Bumblebee and, and Wheeljack, and Megatron shows up, and they start fighting, and Prime kind of gets a little bit of a beat down. But then... You know, people show up and, and and shoot them, and they all take off, and there's a big explosion. Like, oh, is Prime just kind of taking shit until all his resources could get in in place? Yeah, you know, and even when like he drives off, he's like, "Blow it!" And they're like, "No, problem. like I said, blow it!" And there's a huge explosion, and then Megatron's like, "Well played, Prime." <laughs> it's like because yes. the whole time he's like, "You bitch!" And then like then he's like, you know, it was like, "Oh, this is kind of all part of his plan," but. I'm so used to through the years seeing Prime as like larger the than life. Leader. The you know, there's no question when he says like you know we should do something. There's like no question, but in this time, like I said it's it's kind of well. I mean, you know, pre-Earth and like they've been at war for a long, and people are starting to and you know, and she's like, dude, you're gonna get like no, you're just kind of desperate at this point. Like you know, they're starting to doubt his his leadership. Well, and it was a little too. Bit. You know, the leadership was kind of bestowed on him. He didn't ask for it. It was just... Yeah, it was like Megatron killed their true leader, uh, Alpha Alpha Zion, or whatever his name was. And he's like, no, I was kind of... Zoltan. Yeah. <laughs> Zoltan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, leadership was thrust upon me. And, and like I said, may, like this being kind of earlier in the story... He, I don't think, has kind of earned that position as, like, the ultimate leader Well, I leader think he's yet. still trying to figure it out, you know, because instead of just making the decisions, I mean, he still very much relies on, you know, the team's input, where yeah. it's, what are your thoughts and your opinions, because, you know... And by the time we... I, I want to make sure that I'm not just making a one-sided decision, so either we're yeah. in this all together... Or, you know, we're not. Um, but, you know, he isn't just going to make the call because he's got the title to make it, you know? Um, yeah. And he didn't have the confidence that, like you said, you see later on where it's just... Yeah, by the time we see him later, he is the general. You know, he has kind of developed that command, you know, command presence and, and I guess feels like he's earned his his position by then but yeah this time it's very like it's weird seeing prime kind of you know kind of you know, not 100 percent sure of himself you know you're just you're used to that whole gravitas of like 
one shall rise and one shall fall. You know, and just and that was kind of the the interesting thing, you know, and my haste to hit play and you know, because Transformers Prime, you very much had that dynamic. And I was probably four or five episodes into it, and I was like, where is this guy in Cybertron? And then I'm like, <laughs> Cybertron happens so much further in the timeline versus in the present where, you know, we're now talking about Transformers Prime, and literally Prime is in his prime. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that. That sounds I mean, sounds interesting. Yeah, so it was like, yeah, that was kind of weird seeing that. Yeah, so they gave yeah Megatron more of a fleshing out, but they also kind of gave Prime more of a vulnerability and fleshing. And you see him kind of early on, where he's like, you know, not always the the ultimate commander that he you saw him when we originally you know saw him, and the whole like them taking the All Spark off and. It kind of makes sense now when you go back to watch the the 80s Transformers when they're on Earth, supposedly, I guess, trying to find Energon. Later in the series, when they go back to Cybertron, Cybertron is, is like a dead world. It's like almost like depowered yeah, I mean, and whatnot, abandoned. So yeah, this kind of makes sense that this is a prequel to to the original series almost where, oh yeah, that's why Cybertron was a dead planet and they said the war like destroyed Cybertron. It's like, oh yeah, because... We just got to out. watch the fucking war, and that was pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome. And they've announced the titles of the upcoming series. Like, the next chapter is called Earthrise, so I'm assuming now we're going to kind of go into the original Transformers. Uh... I'm looking for Wick Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Directed by Michael Bay. And the third chapter is supposed to be called Kingdom, which... I'm assuming it, you know, supposedly it's going to bring in the, uh, like the Beast Wars Transformers and, and kind of tie in that, that story as well. I mean, there, there's so much that they can work with. And I mean, the only thing is it was just after 20 minutes, I always wanted, like, guys, have a little bit more for your police. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Definitely felt like, you know, watching Saturday morning, um, you know, just a little darker and a little grittier. <laughs> I do like when they go to uh, visit the the Guardians of Cybertron, which are these gigantic robots. And they're like, no, we're they're kind of like the, I guess, the people who created Cybertron or, or something like that. And he's like, they're like, no, we're not. We're not getting, we're not getting you involved, know, involved in your petty factions unless this threatens the planet we're. We don't give a fuck. And he's like, he's like, yeah, fucking Megatron's going to destroy the planet if we don't stop him. And they're like, whatever problem, not our problem. And then at the end, when, when they get the all spark, they get the space bridge activation, they get the, the ship running. Everything came together. And they're trying to, they're trying to leave and Megatron gets the all spark for him. And then finally, uh, was it ultimate, ultimate Supreme or whatever? One of the, one of the fucking, uh, guardians decide to to intervene and he's like no mega he's like so the guardians finally decide to take a side he's like no i'm doing this on my own you must for the sake of cybertron you must be stopped and like i said he's like just fucking godzilla bot yeah just fucking doing which i work. had that toy when i was a kid it was badass i mean it was huge it would turn into in transformed mode it was like a whole city nearly it was like a tank 
with like a train track and a rocket. And like it was like a whole like base pretty much when he when it went into like robot mode. It's one of the, the cooler original Transformers. That one was actually battery powered too. It would, it would like actually drive around the little train track that it came with. <laughs> You would think with all the technologies and everything else that we have, we'd have some really badass toys, but... <laughs> it's been so long since I've wandered down a toy, toy aisle that there may be some really badass Transformers and shit nowadays. Not really. I mean, you know, it's it's all fucking electronics now. <laughs> yeah, does anybody even play with, like... Because, hell, my kids are all playing with fucking iPads and shit now. It's all YouTube and, and fucking TV. It's like, you know, don't... Uh, Hey, speaking of Prime, <laughs> fucking Amazon Prime just arrived. <laughs> Hello. Uh, that's going to be the next Transformers. There's going to be, you know, you've known Optimus Prime. Now behold, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. <laughs> that's going to be like the Beast Wars version of Prime. It's <laughs> you know, I don't think when Beast Wars was around, it was like uh, whatever, Maximal Prime or something like that. Yeah, nowadays it's, it's going to be some kind of like jungle, jungle robot. It's going to be Amazon Prime. <laughs> if it isn't, maybe that's our foray into uh, animation. I mean, some of the limited edition Transformers stuff I've seen come out has been pretty cool. There was a, I know they came out with an Ecto One Ghostbusters crossover Transformer, and I just recently saw a, uh, uh, Back to the Future DeLorean Transformer was coming out. I remember that like when. Uh, there was some like a Star Wars line of Transformers too, with like X Wings and Tie Fighters Transformers and shit that looked pretty cool. I mean, there was even like some some cool like Transformer crossover comic books. There was like Transformers and GI Joe and like hell, there might have been Transformers and Ninja Turtles at one point. I, I vaguely remember seeing. You know, they, so they've done a lot of cool comic crossover stuff with with Transformers throughout the years. It's one of those. It's like. The series never, it kind of just keeps coming up every couple of years. You'll, they'll come up with some kind of new take on it all. It's, this is one of those series that's never fully gone away. No, I mean, it's timeless. Even though, like, the live action, I mean, the, that last, whatever, The Last Kingdom wasn't that great, but <laughs> I mean, the Bumblebee movie was pretty good. And I mean, I most thought Bumblebee action, was pretty awesome. Yeah, the Bumblebee, I liked the Bumblebee Transformers movie, but yeah, that. The fucking last night was just weird as shit. <laughs> Earth is now Unicron. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> hey, it could happen. <laughs> There's a fucking steampunk murder bot. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, speaking of Transformers, Japan did just do their... Uh, you talked about it a little bit on science, but I guess their giant ass robot actually functions uh, the way they wanted it to. Yeah, I haven't seen the video. I saw them like uh, a thing of them installing the head, but I haven't seen the video of it actually walking around. I'm yet. really disappointed that they didn't straight up make it look like Jet Jaguar, though. <laughs> well, see, now America has to like, yeah, we're like, all right, y'all got your Gundam bot. We're building a, a full size Optimus. Dude. America was built on the back of truckers. If it's not fucking prime, then... there's nothing more American than prime. I mean, a couple what a couple years ago we had that giant robot battle with Japan challenge. That's the next version. It's going to be full size Optimus versus the fucking Gundam robot. Those some constructor cons in there for for good measure. If we need something bigger, 
That would be kind of interesting. Gundams and Transformers unite. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, this is the... Oh. And then we had... You know, it, it was kind of cool seeing a lot of the... I like the design work of it, because we had Ratchet and and fucking Ironside, and, like, all those, like... The, I think the only OG, like, 80s Transformer I didn't see was... I didn't see a Jazz running around. No, there was no jazz that I saw. <laughs> or and there was the the Autobot version of Soundway. I think it was like Master Blaster. So I can't remember what, like the remember the red uh, cassette player that was like the good version of Soundwave. Yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't see him. We saw like the weird mutant uh, the clone version that was the Energon dealer. <laughs> just like crazy, like you know, freaking gangster uh, <laughs> Transformer. I don't know. I was kind of watching this, having flashbacks of you know when we fucking interviewed. Um... Oh god, that's gonna say a story and <laughs> fucking robot transformer band. Oh, Cybertronic Spree. And that's it. Yeah, we didn't see a hot rod yet either. We saw uh, RC was there representing. Yep. <laughs> RC. I mean, they they did their uh, which I saw. Speaking of uh, Cybertronic Spree, that. There, it was a Kickstarter thing that they did, like a basically their cover of the '89 Transformers uh, soundtrack. But now they've like released that as an album, so you can you can now buy that and and get their uh, their version of the '89 Transformers soundtrack. Yes, which that's that's one of the most disappointing things of the the COVID bullshit because they were actually supposed to go on a real tour. I mean, we've seen them at Dragon Con, but we've never seen them like in an actual club and they were supposed to play the masquerade this summer and that's gotten pushed uh, back till hell probably next year at some point because they were going to have MC Chris opening for him too. <laughs> so hopefully that'll eventually come back around and, and happen at some point. I don't know. I would, I think I'd almost rather see them with like a, with a Lars or somebody. Yeah. You know, like, or Megaran, Megaran, Megaran would be, Megaran would be for, awesome uh, for spree. <laughs> Like, MC's good. Like, he put on a damn good show at Dragon Con, and then a not-so-good show, you know, <laughs> the Unicorn that just... Depends like, on which day like, if he wants he, to be political or not. <laughs> well, I mean, and and politics aside, like, some days it's obvious that he's feeling it and he's enjoying it, and other days it's just, you know... I guess it depends on which day of the tour you see him on. Yeah. Is it like, day 30 or day 5? <laughs> Has he been on the road too long and he's a little burned out? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I haven't seen Lars in a while. He needs to come back to town. Last couple times he's been, there's been scheduling conflicts and I haven't been able to check in with him. I need I need more weekend concerts. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, these week- nerd rappers always like doing a Tuesday show. I'm like, motherfucker, we're adults. We got jobs. <laughs> You're nerds. You're supposed to be at home in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Even though, like, now I'm like, my fucking job, you know, leaves me at home. <laughs> but back in the day, I used to have to go into an office and get up early. Yeah. I don't know. I've still been going into an office every day, but that's that's life. <laughs> and the other kind of cool, like I said, they they gave every, everybody really cool, like, there wasn't a whole lot of just filler bots. That were the, 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 but no, I mean, killed. really, about the only filler bots were, you know, just the... Uh, Unnamed Decepticons that kept getting blasted. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> them and I guess when they went to the Sea of Rust and, you know, the random <laughs> zombie bots. <laughs> yeah. But you had, uh, what was it, an Impactor, which was a Decepticon that got a building dropped on him and you thought he was dead and then he gets digged up by Ratchet, who apparently is a former Autobot, that, but was like a doctor and he's like, or an engineer and he's like, I got tired of building weapons of war, so now I'm just a healer. So I don't care if you're a Decepticon, Autobot, whatever. If you need repair, you come to my clinic and I will... The only rule is if I help you, you have to help somebody else. So he has all these Decepticons and Autobots there being treated and he saved Impactor. And Impactor's like, I now owe you my life. And if you say that, you know... He's like, hey, I, I, I made an oath to myself to protect Cybertron. And if, you know, Megatron is going to destroy us all, then... I will help you with this mission because I owe Ratchet my life. And then eventually, you know, the guy who was a bad guy, you know, sacrifices himself to, you know, takes the hit to protect Ratchet. And, you know, and he's like, thank you for showing me the light before he like, you know, dies. And it's like, I mean, they, they, it was like, you know, dude had that hero's death, which was, you thought he was just like, you know, random bad guy we've never heard of. And they gave him like a really good story arc. So I I don't know I mean the, some of the character progression is like in the short run time was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, even Jetfire when he makes the the flip and decides to become an Autobot, you know they don't trust him at first. And he's like, hey, I know how to. Yeah, we've mapped the Sea of Rust. I can get you in there. And they're like, but you know what if you betray us? He's like, hey, you're were a cop on whatever planet. I know y'all had this thing that would kind of put rem- this head splody thing on. Yeah. Me. <laughs> Give me the suicide squad brain bomb. And that way, if I betray you, y'all can kill me. And they're like, don't make us do this. And he's like, I promise I won't. And then when they get, in the see, and I thought that was and- kind of interesting, you know, too, because in that regard, it's like, it's almost some Decepticon type shit. Yeah. Like you would think as the Autobots, it's like, and even Prowl says, I'm not proud of it. It was a dark time in our history when, when we did this, and when he saves Prowl's life, he's like, you saved my life. I don't feel right holding the trigger. And he's like, he's like, yes. But, but for the mission, but you for should. for the mission, you should. You know, like I said, you now trust me, but you keep that to keep everybody else, like, you know, realizing we're we're all on the same team. And like, yeah, it's like, and, and then Bumblebee starting off as, you know, an independent, I'm not an Autobot, I'm not an Autobot, I don't want anything to do with your war. And then when Ultra Magnus dies, it turns out, and this is a thing I don't think we've ever heard of, there's two part. There's the Matrix of Leadership, and there's basically like the experience of leadership. It's like the the Ultrafion, whatever his name was, uh, Protocols, which is like the history of Cybertron and all this like tactical data and everything. Because they're like, we don't want a leader to have too much power, so... I give prime the matrix of leadership and I give kind of my experience to ultra Magnus. And when he dies, it gets passed to Bumblebee because it kind of like chooses the next, I guess, worthy host. And so Bumblebee finally has that moment. Like, Oh, now that I kind of see everything. Yeah. I I'm, I'm have to kind of pick a side finally. And, and then, you know, even when he loses, loses that due to the virus, he's like, still like, well, I'm here and now I kind of am in for the cause and saves prime from, from Megatron at the kind of in the final battle. He's like, 
he went from being like, I don't want nothing to do with your shit to like, all right, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I'm, you know, give, give me the tattoo. I'm, I'm joining the crew. <laughs> <laughs> tat, tat, tat it up. Robot tats. <laughs> oh, and I like when they finally got the ship running too. And it's like, uh, how was it? Uh, telecom one. It had its own AI too. When they finally get the ship powered up, it's like, we need a miracle. It's like, who needs a miracle when you got telecon one <laughs> powers up? Like, hi, what's your orders? I'm like, uh, blast all these motherfuckers and get us out of here. It's like, all right. And this freaking lays waste to all the Decepticons. It's like pre-flight done. <laughs> I was like, why weren't y'all flying that motherfucker around blowing shit up? <laughs> like, good thing I think didn't have batteries or y'all would already won this war. <laughs> Cause that thing was badass. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's the whole reason you need, you know, the, uh, Ergon. <laughs> yeah. Energon. Energon. Ergon. <laughs> Energon. It's like the energize battery. Just keeps Argon. Going. Isn't that one of those like uh, welding gases or something? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Oh. Cybertron. Energon. <laughs> yeah, so by the end of it, they get the space bridge running, they toss the cube, and then they the ship flies into the... To the, the sunset! And then the the whole and there's a warm embrace and everybody hugs and like the the one uh, whatever Attila Attila one you know who's the Attila the Hun yeah <laughs> who kind of looks like might be Prime's girlfriend who's like the Autobot you know military commander is like I'm staying behind like somebody has to kind of keep the resistance going and and try to defend whatever's left of Cybertron so her and a small group stay behind to to kind of continue the fight. But then the space bridge blows up. So they're like, eh, we don't know if prime made it out or not. And she's like, well, we owe, owe it to all the bots that died on that ship. You know, cause they, I guess they are assuming they didn't make it like to keep the fight going. And then Jetfire like limps up and he's like, and you won't have to do it alone. <laughs> but then they didn't die. Cause shoot to the ship floating somewhere in space. And, you know, going, morning, morning, ship approaching, ship approaching. And that's what we have to start next season and figure out where the fuck they went. Which, since the title of the next season is Earthrise, I'm assuming they're going to Earth. <laughs> I think they have to go to Earth. Yeah. And what is the ship that is approaching? Theories? Did the Decepticons follow them? Did, is it like a fucking American shuttle? That they're about to sideswipe over the moon somewhere. It's Elon Musk. <laughs> it's that it's that freaking Tesla they launch into space. <laughs> they end up colliding with that. <laughs> or we have Tesla probably bot. uh fucking space debris. <laughs> or they're gonna be running into freaking Unicron. But I don't I don't know. I mean Yeah, so far, the, I, I, uh... I kind of think it picks up where you know the Michael Bay Transformer was, where All Spark is on Earth and uh, we need uh, Sam Wickwicky. <laughs> well, here's the thing: since like they all look like G1 80s Transformers, what's the timeline like? When they land, is it going to be set in the 80s, or do you think they put it in modern times? Because they already look like 80s vehicles. <laughs> or at least most of them do. Yeah, I think they keep it, you know, rooted in the 80s. I mean, 
You got to compete with Stranger Things. <laughs> you got to you got to have the nostalgia. Everything's all about the nostalgia these days. Yeah, so far the only uh, synopsis of Chapter 2 is the Transformers leave Cybertron in search for the Allspark, leading the Autobots and Decepticons to land over Earth. <laughs> I don't know. Ship approaching. Navy vessel of some sort. <laughs> like I said, they were still in space. So I mean, because, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, watching Transformers Prime, they were, you know, unofficially working with, you know, the CIA... Or one of the government agencies. There was a rogue government agent that's like, hey, come hide out in this uh, missile silo and do your stuff, but do it low-key. <laughs> Guys, you wiped out a whole city. Um, that, that wasn't very low-key. That key. wasn't very low-key. <laughs> uh, we got reports of an 18-wheeler going 100 miles an hour. That's not being low-key. <laughs> uh, I got a long way to go and a short time to get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the friggin'. Land in the 80s and they got a freaking uh, Smokey and the Bandit Transformer. <laughs> Just call him Bandit. <laughs> Bandit 1. <laughs> Bandit 1, meet Com 1. <laughs> and when they get to Earth, will Prime finally get his tr tractor trailer? <laughs> he didn't have a trailer this entire time. I mean, and that's the thing, when you become Prime, do you automatically get a trailer? Because I remember in like the 80s Transformer movie... He always had a trailer. Well, that in the, like the that movie, Rodimus Prime, Rod Hot Rod was a, like a freaking hot rod. But then once he became Rodimus Prime, he was some kind of weird ass space tractor trailer. <laughs> it's like you're the leader now. You're gonna have to get a trailer <laughs> to keep all your your balls in, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I I almost see it being like a spy hunter thing. He gets a trailer, and that's where they keep Bumblebee on deck. You know, that way they can. <laughs> covertly transport you know bumblebee around to be like oh back doors open time for bumblebee to go into action <laughs> <laughs> that sounded really dirty <laughs> back doors open time for bumblebee to go into action <laughs> this might sting a little <laughs> damn so uh you know any any final thought any like you know highlights that we haven't discussed yet you can think of no oh, i think we just made hentai out of transformers <laughs> tentacle 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 <laughs> and that's what the uh what the the fucking uh the thing with the four faces he had tentacles <laughs> oh my god we were doing so good and it just devolved so very quickly it always devolved apart <laughs> so uh what do you think here? What's uh, some final thoughts on this here? You know, Warhawk. That apparently there is not a Transformer named Warhawk that we've found. <laughs> there are people trying to, you know, pitch the ideas for a uh, original Warhawk. <laughs> yeah. So far, a really good smoke. Um, I got more of it than I anticipated uh, left. So, um, I mean, if you're a fan of Nicaraguan cigars, uh, this is right up your alley. Medium-bodied, uh, I'd say probably medium-full-on flavor. Um... You know, woody, cedar, touch of earthiness, touch of spice. Everything that you would expect out of a Nicaraguan cigar. <laughs> and it's, you know, pretty competitively priced at that. So that was the other thing, too, uh, from, from, yeah, like, this is, this has been, it's got a nice, yeah, that medium plus. It's got, it's got a good, a real good flavor and a, enough of a strength to it that it's uh it stays interesting but yeah the thing the prime's catchphrase and all the trends was like 
you know, Autobots roll out. Like, through the whole thing, he, he's like, all right, guys, let's go. All right, Transformers, let's go. And then finally, like, toward the end, he's like, all right, roll out. I'm like, finally, you motherfucking finally said it. <laughs> but wait for you for five episodes for you to say roll out, motherfucker. But by the time he says roll out, then, you know, all of a sudden, everything becomes roll out. <laughs> like, once it finally gets said, it gets repeated yeah. a lot. He's like, hey, guys, I think I've got a catchphrase now. Autobots, roll out. <laughs> Like, all right, fuck. Prime's got a got a catchphrase now. We're gonna we're not gonna hear the end of this. And Bumblebee talks like, yeah, <laughs> like if you remember the '80s cartoon, he had a voice. Yeah, we're so used to the the voiceless speaking from the radio, Bumblebee from all the uh, the modern era editions of Transformers that it's like, oh yeah, I forgot Bumblebee could speak. <laughs> yep, hasn't had his uh, voice. Uh... Thing ripped out yet. Yeah, does that happen in season two? Do they did he does he get an injury and get to the Michael Bay voiceless uh bumblebee? But um I don't Yeah, I mean if it's gonna happen, I think it's gonna happen while they're on Earth. <laughs> you know because they don't really have a lot of electronics and but then again, like when they're on Cybertron and they're technically advanced. Wouldn't they just give him some kind of artificial, like, AI thing to speak on his behalf? Because yeah. they make other things speak. Yeah. Like, even the ship has a voice. Yeah. Like, is that, is that hard to replace the, uh... <laughs> replace the voice box on a robot? Uh, that, and it's like, uh... It's, there wasn't a whole lot of transforming in this. Like, the only person, like, Prime transformed, uh... Freaking, uh cup or whatever the, the his little jeep buddy they transformed all the seekers but got, then again like at the same time most of them they're just running around well, in robot form I, I, <laughs> they're on cybertron too it's like we don't have so, to hide yeah i mean <laughs> like the only once time again i'll draw in... if you want to see a lot of transforming watch prime because <laughs> since it takes place on earth like you know it, it's kind of funny you know but yeah they they, they stay in their vehicle forms a bit yeah. more than the robotic stuff just like, from the few episodes that i've seen you saw the seekers flying around a lot but like as far as the autobots about the only time you saw them in vehicle mode was when they went to the 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 sea of rust where they had to drive through the desert the rest of the time it's like eh, i'm just gonna fucking walk <laughs> it's like fucking lord of the rings up in here <laughs> <laughs> and with that we'll be right back
welcome back. We just finished talking about fake robotic science, and let's talk about some real science. And shit, for once, I don't think I have a robot story. <laughs> I should have looked up specific well, robot news. <laughs> I mean, we did talk a little bit about, you know, Japan's giant robot and robot wars. And, I mean, it got included on the episode. Oh, man, that's something I haven't watched in a while. Fucking BattleBots. Oh, anyway... Yeah, you heard the term, fake it till you make it? Well, now there's science to back that up. Because apparently, faking a smile actually makes you feel more positive. <laughs> so, like, if you're if you're not feeling good, you know, the only people are like, why does motherfuckers keep telling me to smile? Now there's some science, to, like, behind that shit. <laughs> oh, boy. But, then again, we're all wearing masks. Who's really smiling and who's not? <laughs> Learn the skill of smiling with your eyes. Because the rest of your face will be like, fuck you. <laughs> yes, uh, new research published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology has found that faking a smile act on parts of our brain linked to mood, improving your outlook. Uh, led by researchers at the University of South Australia. G'day, mates. Uh, <laughs> basically, G'day. the forcing a smile activates parts of your brain that basically your brain is like, Oh, the muscles in the face are in a smiling position. That much must mean we're happy. So it's like tricking your brain into thinking in your, uh, in a better mood than you actually are, puts you in an, a better mood. <laughs> I mean, I can see that. Yeah. So the tests, they made people, uh, hold a pen in their mouth, which forced the, or something in their mouth that forced their facial muscles into a smiling type, uh, <laughs> type configuration. And they've, when asked questions about, you know, presented with pictures of people and stuff, they generally had more positive things to say and, you know, imagined other people were in possibly better, uh, better moods or than they actually were, uh, than when they asked people to judge photos of others that weren't, you know, smiling. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. They, the results show that the pen and mouth people viewed the facial expressions and movements of others in a more positive light than those non pen holding people. So forcing the face to smile actually gives you a more positive outlook and, in a more, you know, positive mental state than if you were just a neutral, I guess, resting bitch face, uh, <laughs> configuration. All right. Well, uh, I guess all the more reason to turn that frown upside down. <laughs> it's like, I guess it's kind of like working out sometimes when you don't really feel like it. It's like, oh, well, body's doing something. I guess we're not feeling as bad as we thought we were. Cause I, you, I generally feel better after a workout, you know, even though I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, my body hurts. I don't want to do this. But once I kind of force it through that motions, it's like, Oh, now it's like, I don't feel as bad as I did. Cause I guess I've like convinced my body that, Oh no, I guess I'm imagining all that pain in my shoulder. <laughs> now it's the pain everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what doesn't hurt? <laughs> it's easier to say, yeah, just say what, uh, yeah, it doesn't hurt than what it does hurt. Cause everything fucking hurts some days, but then again, pain is just weakness leaving the body. <laughs> and 
CBD. We've, uh, yeah, there's, that's like the new popular thing that's supposed to be super healthy for you and whatnot. Uh, I think it's about every town now has got a couple CD, <laughs> CBD shops that are popping up everywhere. They got CBD for your pets. Yeah. And I've, I've yet to go in that place. I need to try it out one day because I hear it's real good for like muscle stress and whatnot. I can tell you that the one place I went into was not at all what I was anticipating. Like, going in, I figured typical head shop. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, it was legit like walking into a pharmacy, um, which vastly That's... different than what I had envisioned in my head. <laughs> Yeah, like I've, especially some of like the CBD muscle rubs and stuff like that. Yeah, I've, I've tried like maybe like a free sample one time, and it, it almost relaxed me too much. I can see why they're like, yeah, take that shit before you go to bed because take it in the middle of the day. I'm like, I felt almost too relaxed, or like, oh, I don't want to fucking do anything. Now. As somebody that is accused sometimes of being too mellow, it's like <laughs> the last thing you need is to be even more mellow. Yeah, that's but it's what I'm like. like yeah, me- but mentally, I would like to be more mellow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm really good at hiding it on the exterior, but on the interior, like, I've already plotted your demise 17 times. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I should just stick to, like, the muscle rubs and not take, like, the, the oral stuff, because, yeah, that just chilled me out too much. I was like, am I still alive? I don't know. But, yeah, a there an actual study on CBD uh, recently reported in the Journal of Psychopharmacology. Scientists of the University College of London... Uh, basically gave 15 healthy young people 600 milligrams of CBD or a placebo on different occasions and then used MRIs to scan how the brain worked and how the drug changed blood oxygen levels in the brain. You know, so there's always been kind of anecdotal research saying that, oh, CBD helps with PTSD, anxiety, and other mental health problems. Well, this is the first time they've kind of actually tracked how it actually affects the brain. And they found that a single dose of CBD significantly increased blood flow to the hippocampus uh, area of your brain, which plays roles in emotion, learning, and memory. So, And also, it also increased blood flow to the prefrontal cortex, an area of the brain used to process social behavior and decision-making. So now there's kind of like some backup to the claims that it helps with some of these, I guess, stress-related mental problems. Yeah. So now it's not just Joe Rogan, your stoner buddy, telling you it's it's good for you. <laughs> well, I mean, I can tell you, like you know, I mean, like you said, you know, they they give you the free sample and they're like, you know, what what ails you? Yeah, it's like, yeah, just less stress and everything else. And I mean, I I can tell you that. You know, mentally, I did feel a a bit more euphoric, I guess. Um, And I had to do a lot of driving and holiday shopping. And normally, those are things that I don't like too much. But in having to deal with a pre-COVID general public, um, I was not rampaging. (laughs) The things that, you know, would be automatic. All right, I'm done with this. I'm going online shopping. Um, didn't seem to phase me as much. <laughs> yeah, and it said, you know, these kind of studies are showing that it also kind of has positive effects on that can improve memory. I know what little I've I've taken it. it I don't know if it kind of helps memory, but it it almost kind of clears out the noise in my head and allows me to focus more on on things than than you know 
I would do in a, you know, kind of a stressed out <laughs> environment, I guess. So, you know, it's, you know, while it's, you know, kind of, this is just kind of one study, but it's kind of backing up the things people have already been, been saying about it. So, you know, hell, if there's one in your town, give it a try, see what it does for you. Speaking of brain stuff, uh, another study says learning uh, can how to control your dreams could help you through isolation, which is something most of us probably need at this point. So that's like opening your third eye. Or your brown eye. <laughs> We're back to hentai. I mean, if you're Back doors that... open, bumblebees coming in. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the if you've ever heard of the term lucid dreaming, that is dreams where you're... you're are aware that you are having a dream and even can exert some kind of control over, over your dreaming. Uh, yeah. And there's several like techniques that you can look up on how to try to induce, you know, like binaural beats. Yeah. Like, you know, audio cues, um, meditation, stuff like that. Uh, I call it uh, mnemonic induction of lucid dreaming. Uh, that helps increase the likelihood. People that use the the monomic induction uh, saw a seventeen, you know, had lucid dreams on seventeen percent of night when participating in the study. And also, uh, there's medical ways of uh, like supp- vitamin supplements and stuff that are used for Alzheimer's medication that are all legal products that you, you know, not you know taking drugs. Also, B six vitamins is they has an effect on lucid dreaming. Uh, the study had 355 volunteers to try five different techniques uh, for inducing the sense-initiated lucid dreaming, uh, which is kind of a new method, which basically they say you sleep for five hours, and then you wake up and focus intensely on something for 20 seconds before going back to sleep. And that has shown to trigger lucid dreaming as well. And they say especially for people that are like now kind of stuck and out isolated that the kind of side effect of lucid dreaming is helping people kind of live out things that they can't do in real life as a kind of a, uh, stress relief, um, you know, therapeutic, uh, thing to do. So if you're stuck at home and can't do go to the mall, you know, if you have a fucking, you can kind of force yourself into dreaming about going to the mall it may, you know, help you with the things oh that you God, can't do in life. Oh my God, that's a nightmare. <laughs> but it's and also many people have, decide, have said that, like, if they have a problem that they can't solve in real life, they've been able to kind of work the problem through the lucid dreaming and come up with a solution and, like, you know, wake up and be like, oh, that's how I fix this thing I'm working on. So, yeah. That's like me where it's like I've had dreams of playing guitar and doing some really badass riffs waking up and i'm like i wonder if i can create that you know (laughs) i gotta say i've been doing um because my martial arts class we've got this monthly challenge thing that we're doing this month where it's like there's a bunch of things that we're supposed to do by the end of the month or we're gonna have to do a bunch of push-ups but one of them is like five minutes of meditation a day so i've been trying to meditate which i i'm i'm very much more into the physical aspect of martial arts i don't delve into the mysticism side of it but just five minutes a day where i'm just try to and i don't know nothing about meditation but basically i just you know do breathing exercises and try to completely blank out my brain for five minutes and just be still 
And since I've been doing that, I've been having some fucking acid trip dreams at night. So <laughs> like I've noticed this the last couple of weeks of doing this, I'm like having like more dreams than I, than I normally do. And it's, it's, it's kind of weird. So there or may be some more memorable dreams. Yeah. Like, so there may be some, something to this, uh, this study. Cause yeah, I've, I've been having some like just crazy ass dreams since I've been, <laughs> been doing some, some meditation. Don't worry. You're still a podcaster. <laughs> Oh yeah, I dream about podcasting with actual guests and going to that's weird. Yeah, everybody working your lucid dreaming dream you went to Dragon Con. <laughs> oh, and sunlight and darkness offers a fast path to making salt water drinkable. One of the problems, especially in areas where we can't get fresh water, because I mean, there's a shitload of water on the earth, but most of it is not drinkable. And trying to turn salt water into drinkable water is a requires big machinery a lot of energy and it's highly expensive to do well a new product that they've come up with it's called psp mill 53 which is they basically use a a metallic organic structure that they found that this thing will soak up salt um, with basically without any kind of or very little power to to run this, but then the other fact they found once they apply ultraviolet light to this matrix, it releases the salt quickly. So it's they can kind of clean out these filters quicker than than they they normally do. So they say like a thirty minutes to trap as much salt and clear out the water, then only takes four minutes to release and flush it for the next batch of water purification. And, you know, even though they've used, been using ultraviolet light in the kind of the experimentals, they found that even just, you know, using the sunlight, which of course has ultraviolet light in it, um, decreases the demand of power. They don't actually have to use ultraviolet light. Then the only energy they're using is for pumping the water through the system. So it's, it's, uh, in the experimental phase, it's a cheaper, easier way to desalinify water and could have some good effects if we start running low on water and whatnot. So there you go. Interesting. And with that, we'll be right back. What will you do when your child asks? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What's wrong with you? Or will you handle it the right way? Sit down, baby girl. Let me introduce you to my friend, Mark McRae. Join Dan Clink and I on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast as we take a unique behind-the-scenes look at the history and dynamics of animation with plenty of laughs along the way. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a proud member of the ESO Network. And now it's time for all things nerdy and nerd news. And welcome to nerd news. <laughs> yeah, news. I just made a bunch of shit fall off the table, and it made a loud crash. <laughs> that was the internet crashing, <laughs> dude. Imagine the societal meltdown if the World Wide Web crashed. Oh, fuck. It would be Mad Max, like, tomorrow. <laughs> you give it that long? Uh, like, I know if the Wi-Fi goes out in my house, like, literally three people are by the modem, like, maybe we can just turn it on and off again? It's like, <laughs> power's out. Like, uh, there is no turning it on at the moment. 
Yeah, I had that problem the other day with my, my freaking TV. It was like, would not connect to the internet. And I'm like, I reset the the Wi-Fi and still nothing happened. I'm like, well, fuck, everything else is connected. And I find like, let me unplug the TV. Oh, that, that fixed it. <laughs> I was like, I unplugged everything else in the house, but I should unplug the TV. Well, um, I guess speaking of TV and unplugging, um, maybe we can loosely segue into this topic. How do you feel about Blockbuster Video? You got your membership card still? Wow. That's like a, you know, fucking tales from a from a far forgotten land. <laughs> well, if I haven't, you I haven't seen a Blockbuster in so long. Well, how about the last Blockbuster Video is now an Airbnb that you can stay at for $4 a night? <laughs> Alrighty then. Like I I'm not sure if you've actually got to have a membership card to get into it or not. I'm not sure if the $4 a night actually includes your movie rentals. Um, and I'm also not really sure if... I mean, what is a blockbuster the last... Is it still mostly DVD and VHS? <laughs> Do they have Blu-rays? I was like, have they updated? Because I think they closed shop. I'm trying to think. I remember renting DVDs. I don't remember if it was still active when Blu-ray came out. <laughs> All right, so as I look here. Where is this located, by the way? <laughs> let me... I thought it was like Alaska or something. <laughs> it, it may very well be. So let, let, let's go into the perks of what you're going to get for your $4 a night. So anyone staying there gets the entire run of the store from check-in to check-out. <laughs> the offer is only available for up to three nights. Um... And it looks like it opens August 17th from 1 with the option to book a one-night stay that will take place August 18th, 19th, and 20th. Um, so basically there is a a couch with a pull-out couch, some bean bags, some pillows, um, and you can cozy up with new releases from the 90s. <laughs> uh, there is a... You can open a two liter of Pepsi before locking into a video game. Um, bop, 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 bop. And help yourself to some nerds, raisinettes, and popcorn. <laughs> so, um. Wow. I mean, they're, they're, they're. I mean, dude, if that's. Struggling, they're, they're trying to hang on for <laughs> dear life. Um. I'm surprised the red boxes still exist because I mean now you can just rent shit straight from YouTube <laughs> or Amazon or wherever. It's like actually going out and renting physical media anymore is like such a yeah. I still see the red box machines at like every store for I guess for people who don't have streaming and don't want to spend three dollars for a movie when they can still pay for a dollar, which always ends up being three dollars. So you forget to take it back the next day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like fucking spending the night in a. I'll tell you, last time I went to Ohio, I saw a Blockbuster sign, but the store was, of course, no longer there. But it was like, I found a relic of an ancient civilization. <laughs> I fucking looked around like, God damn, there's a Blockbuster? And I was like, oh no, this, there's no lights no longer here. Okay. But the so, sign's still there. <laughs> um, looks like you're going to need to go to Bend, Oregon. Ah, not quite as far as Alaska, but... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you know, what the fuck's going on in Bend, Oregon? That they still need a <laughs> is the internet that bad there that they still need to uh, I, it, it, <laughs> rent movies. I don't think that it's even like 
officially open to rent movies and stuff. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it was a retail store that went out of business that literally they're like, oh, we can set up an entertainment center, a couch, and, you know, somebody probably bought it. I mean, there's all kind of weird Airbnbs out there. Hell, you can rent a treehouse uh, here in Georgia, I think. It's like, you know, there's always weird offering. I, th- I think the Ninja Turtles fucking, you know, sewer thing was a thing on Airbnb for a while. <laughs> um... I guess speaking of offerings, how about AMC Theaters is offering a 15-cent ticket on August 20th? Is fucking AMC Theater even open? <laughs> uh, not any of the ones around here. Everything's still closed, so we've not had a... The only theaters I've uh, seen open are drive-in theaters. And I, I believe I meant, I might have mentioned this last week. I saw the the one in Blue Ridge. Since no new movies are coming out, they've been playing old movies, so... If you have a drive-in near you, go check out some old-school movies. <laughs> Speaking of reliving the 80s. Yeah, and I mean, you know, basically you're not going to get any new releases or anything because there haven't been any. Um, But I guess for 15 cents you can pay nostalgia, gamble with COVID, and um, maybe you're in an area where an AMC actually reopens. <laughs> Who knows? Not sure where that is in this day and age. Oh. Yeah, there's there's another, and I don't know where it's at. You, uh, I saw a Facebook friend had went to a drive-in that was somewhere, and they were like, I guess, broadcasting a concert on the on the screen. But they had little campers, like those, those little like little tiny campers, converted into like hotel rooms, and you could rent one of these campers and like spend the night there at the theater and watch <laughs> watch movies and camp out for the night, which was another kind of cool thing if you. Desperate to get out of the house. I mean, hell, you got your own little know. camper. I, you can definitely social distance. Yeah, I mean, if I was going to do something like that, though, like, I still think I'd like the drive-in experience. I don't know. Um, hell, there's other... even, like, drive-in comedy shows and shit. It's like, I mean, people are trying to get us live entertainment uh, <laughs> best they can. Yeah, Maybe there'll yeah. be a uh, resurgence of, uh, of uh, freaking drive-in theaters now that all this shit's happened. Maybe. I don't I mean I'm not opposed to the idea. Um I'm also not opposed to the idea of Darkwing Duck returning to DuckTales for an hour long special. Oh shit. Yeah, now that I got Disney Plus, I tried watching some old Darkwing Duck the other day and it's like, man, fucking nostalgia. Yes. I haven't seen this shit in forever. It's like one of those I forgot like, oh shit, this is on Disney Plus? It's like I'm 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 falling back into my childhood. Yeah, so it looks like September twenty first, um, is when DuckTales is making its return. Um, and it looks like, uh, there'll be six straight weeks of new episodes. Um, and then one of these episodes will be, um, an hour long adventure featuring, uh, Darkwing Duck. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I like the shit out of DuckTales. Hated the video game because it was next to impossible. Like every other fucking, you know, (laughs) Nintendo NES game that was out there in the world. But, uh. I even seen some of the new episodes of Dark, or not Dark Ring, of uh, Ducktales, and they were actually pretty good. I mean, freaking David Tennant uh, playing Scrooge McDuck now, and I was like, this ain't half bad. Is <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, I don't know something you know to uh, check out on your your streaming Speaking services. Ducktales. I saw somebody posted a a screenshot from uh, I guess it was one of the Kingdom Hearts games. And, like, you know, all the Disney characters and the Kingdom Hearts characters are there, I guess, getting ready to go. And Donald's, like, there with, like, a big-ass gun. It's like, and it's like Donald Duck is not fucking around. 
<laughs> Donald Duck will cap your ass. <laughs> so why does Donald get a gun, but yet, you know, they took it away from Elmer Fudd? I mean, hell, Donald's a soldier, man. He was a Navy guy. <laughs> All right, now Elmer Fudd's just trying to, you know, put some food on the table. Yeah, provide for the family, the, the kids, and... Him and you know, Sam, Waskily, you know, you know guns back. rabbits. <laughs> I mean, what about Marvin the Martian? Are they going to take his uh, blaster away? Yeah, I've not heard anything about that yet, but yeah, fucking... Green you know. lives matter, man. Exactly. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Once again, we're, we're nine minutes in and we have devolved. <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> Not even, not even a tangent, but one that you know. Like we're gonna have a riot outside the damn, you know, shed here, and <laughs> that or you know, everybody's gonna, you know, come in dressed up as aliens and be like, "Damn right, aliens live matter." Like, <laughs> uh, we're gonna go raid Area Fifty One again. <laughs> no, the last time we tried that, we, you know, apparently um, released a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> We just saw a whole thing the it's other like, day. It's like, remember when we tried to raid Area 51 and what we found was not aliens, but a virus? <laughs> yeah, I was like uh, falling down a YouTube hole the other day and I was watching a... Or maybe that was the government's way of keeping people out of Area 51. <laughs> it's like, oh, all these people are going to congregate? Fuck yeah, we got a virus for you, bitches. <laughs> but yeah, Smosh did a thing of like, explain that meme and they went all deep into the uh, raid Area 51 uh story of of last year and i'm like uh remember when this was a thing and we're all happy and talking about clapping alien asses nostalgia clapping them cheeks man (laughs) clapping them cheeks and what did it get us got us all infected we clapped the wrong cheeks (laughs) damn (laughs) Uh, i never did believe that bite that uh bat biting story it was all aliens (laughs) fucking area 51 leaks and shit i'm not saying it's aliens but it's probably aliens <laughs> to speak of which there, you gotta watch that uh that netflix uh unsolved mysteries because there is one episode that's all about a fucking alien uh event <laughs> it was like creepy as shit i'm gonna have to check that out then i don't know i i I guess one thing about, you know, all of this is the different YouTube holes and, you know, I mean, I've I've reestablished, which, not that it really died, but, you know, definitely have gone back and visited some video game franchises that I didn't have time for or, you know, anything before, you know, whereas now I'm not watching as much movies or, you know, out and about quite as much and at home, uh... I did get a chance to finally try out Operation Breakpoint. Sweet. How is it? Um, it was pretty good. Um, Despite having good internet now, I have yet to like break out some new games. I, need I mean, I would definitely, you know, for, for folks um, stuck at home, if you're a gamer, um, I... I I don't know. You know, as a PC gamer, like, I'm, I'm digging Microsoft Game Pass... Um, Ubisoft and a lot of the other big developers, you know, are running 75% off sales all the time. Um, I think there's even been some discounts on, you know, a lot of the PlayStation stuff. So, you know, if you're looking for a way to pass your time, like, I, I can't see myself just buying one game anymore. Like, 
Now it's all about, oh, I've got this streaming service and, and access to a thousand games. Like, <laughs> and it's, you know, three bucks a month. Hells yeah. Man, speaking of fucking, hell man, I fell on you. I even watched a damn video on how to make your own charcoal on the Barbecue Pit Boys channel. <laughs> Well, no, you, you, holes gone you, deep get, you get some hardwood and you light it on fire. <laughs> yeah, but don't light it on fire. You got to like kind of bake it. <laughs> it's fucked up. Oh, yeah, because you just want to char it up. Yeah. You don't want to completely disintegrate it. Uh-huh. And speaking of other weird things I've found on the internet lately. You I know, f- it's funny how much like barbecue shit you work with and how much it's like, Dude, you should look at getting, you know, a smoker or a grill. <laughs> yeah. and it's like one of these, I like watching all these barbecue videos, but I've yet to like get a barbecue and try to do it. And I know what you're afraid of. You, you saw what happened to me, and you're like, but, you know, the, the things that we indulge, whiskey, cigars, fellowship, we can do that around a smoker. We can yell at the kids to get off the lawn. Like, oh. I mean, we we don't have too much longer before we can embrace old man strength. So yeah, I'm getting there. There's gray streaks in my beard. It's like every time I get a haircut, I'm like, oh, there's more and more gray coming out. Yep, I just need to get my grill, and get some uh some of those fucking old man shorts with the white belt, and start smoking things. It's been a weird things I found on the internet. If you like weird military vehicles, <laughs> I found a company. There's a company here in Georgia. It's called Custom Combat Trucks. Go look up their website. They basically take, like, Humvees and, like, five-ton trucks and soup them up and build, like, crazy-ass, like, vehicles with them. Like, they'll take, like, your your standard military Humvee that has was not built for highways that, you know, only does, like, 60 miles per hour and also has no insulation, so it's hot as fuck in the summer and you freeze your balls off in the winter. Well, they strip them down... Give them, like, luxury interiors with, like, nice leather seats and air conditioning and insulation. And put in, like, a either a 500-horsepower Duramax diesel with an Allison transmission or a LS6 500-horsepower Corvette engine in them. And build these, like... Or they take these five-ton military transport trucks and turn them into the ultimate fucking quad cab pickup truck. If If you're... Lifted Chevy isn't big enough for you. You need the super redneck truck. They got you. I mean, this motherfucker is like the roof is ten foot off the ground. <laughs> like a six foot man, the ch- the the tire comes up to your chest. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So yeah. if you have a lot of money and you need a big ass truck, these guys got you. <laughs> because why not? Exactly. I mean, it's the ultimate apocalypse vehicle. Uh, so is that all you got for us this week? Man, let's. Unless, unless you want to share any more with us. I think, that's, I think I'll, that's all the weird things I've, I've found on the internet this week. Uh, with that, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. Yeah, We're on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CigarNerdPod. Uh, get your energy drinks at realmensmokecigars.com or fucking <laughs> that's the other plug uh strikeforceenergy.com promo code cigar nerds and also get your uh cigar related shirts at realmensmokecigars.com they got those cigar nerd smoking shirts there and with that Autobots roll out and this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast with your hosts Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson join us next time for more adventures in nerddom 
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.